This podcast is for those of you who want to start or grow your business. You inhale everything you can about improving your mindset and may even have the action plan, but what's getting in your way every time? It's those damn human emotions. I'm Jessica Lee McKinley, life coach for millennial entrepreneurs and your host of the What's Happening podcast. Hi, Hapsters. Happy Thanksgiving. Are you guys eating turkey for one? (laughs) I know with COVID, it's just been quite a holiday for the books. I know personally that my plans for this week were canceled was hoping to go to Chicago to visit my cousin who is adopting a baby and I'm just so excited and I was hoping maybe the baby would be there and then I would get to be the first family member to meet it. But anyway, long story short, I will be staying in Long Island for Thanksgiving and practicing social distancing and all will be be well. We will get through this together, you guys. If you are feeling lonesome or if you are um, going to see your family this holiday, uh, you know, have a great time, really cherish what is. I think that we're so focused on how things have been or how things are supposed to be around Thanksgiving that we're struggling to really just even see and appreciate all of the amazing things that are, that we are blessed with this holiday. I know for me, I am so fortunate that I have, as you can hear in my voice, I have actually been under the weather all week and I was, um, you know, worried for a second. Maybe it was COVID and so I got the test. It was negative. My son got the test. My ex-husband got the test. My parents got the test. Everyone got the test and we were all negative, but everyone had a little bit of a cold And I just feel so blessed for my health because even through a cold, I just felt like, you know what, it could be so much worse and, and I am looking forward to a low key holiday. You know, I'm going to do a lot of non-traditional things this year, including, um, I'm going to be working throughout this holiday. I love my job so much that I know to some of you, this sounds like, okay, what's there to be grateful for, for that, but I actually don't have my son this holiday, which, you know, I have had allowed plenty of a negative emotion about that already. And I'm honestly totally in acceptance and shifting my focus instead to the beauty of being able to have space, especially during this time of quarantine and um, social distance. It's made it for a lot of you guys I know who are parents made it very difficult and it's been a lot of um, stress on your relationships at home when you guys are on top of each other all of the time and I'm looking forward to this reset for both uh, me and for Calvin so that we can come back together and just appreciate each other and I'm looking forward to um, reading gonna finish my book club book which is called Sister Outsider by Audra Lorde um, so far, incredible writing, probably the best written book of our book club so far. Um, and yeah, so I'm just looking forward to doing all that. But to get down to it today, we're going to be talking again about some more indulgent emotions. I have been sick, so I really have been shif- shifting into focus of just 
working with my clients and doing everything that is a must do on my calendar, which includes uh, brain candies within happening sessions, which I doubled down on last week and or two weeks ago and shared with you overwhelm that we had talked about, but this time I'm going to give you an insider look into a an actual brain candy that I recorded for the podcast, um, sorry, not for the podcast, for uh, the my clients in within that group coaching program, and um, I wanted to share it with you guys, which I've never done before, but I feel like it will be helpful for you to see kind of what it's like for those of you who have been on the fence about joining and seeing kind of what sort of extra um, development you get. Now, these are just the weekly um, focus um, episodes. We call them brain candies in there, but most of the work that we do is actual uh, coaching and applying that work. Um, but here, without further ado, and I spent actually a little more ado. I I actually don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but basically I just spent the last 20 minutes re-listening to this so that I could show you the, uh, or so that I could edit out all of my coughing because I went into a major coughing fit. So sorry to Joanna, my client who watched live. Um, it was definitely an episode where I was <laughs> just laughing and giggling and, and in awe of what happens when you do everything live. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this and let me know what you think. Hello, hapsters. I wanted to share with you uh, these two emotions combined because I think, again, these two indulgent emotions of worry and confusion that we're going to be talking about today have a lot of overlapping thoughts that cause these emotions. But there is one distinct uh, point in which they kind of split, but I wanted to offer you not just where these emotions are coming from, so offering you the thoughts that are causing them, and also um, exposing to you some of the actions that you might be taking and the results you might be actually creating, even though you think that it's just happening to you when you are feeling these emotions. I also wanted to, on top of that, offer you some alternative emotions that you can feel. Because one of the things that I've noticed when I'm coaching you guys on indulgent emotions, it's not that you don't notice that you're indulging in these, it's that you're kind of seasoned veterans at indulging in these emotions. So when I tell you, you notice that you're negative goal setting, right? Which is my code word for worried. And you'll be like, I know, I don't want to feel worried right now, but of course I am worrying. So you might not even know what it would feel like if you let go of worry. And you might have a lot of stories that you're subconsciously telling yourself about what it'll mean about you if you don't worry what it'll mean for you, what it will create if you're not being so productive in worry, or of course, also in confusion. So let's talk about confused. This emotion feels very matter of fact. When most of you tell me that you're feeling confused, or if you just simply tell me, I don't know, and you're repeating that, it just feels true. You feel like, I don't know. 
And this is because it requires that thought. I don't know, and it implies that the answer is outside of you. So when you tell me I don't know, and you admit that you're feeling confused, you kind of feel justified in feeling that emotion. You're like, yeah, well, I'm confused. It's confusing. I don't really know, or there isn't a clear answer or a clear direction or a clear solution, right? So um, I want to offer you that confusion is not an option for hapsters. It's not an option for you, okay? So if you want to be working with me, if you want to be coaching, if you want to set an impossible goal, don't even bother coming and doing all of those things if then you're going to go ahead and indulge in confusion afterwards. Because the truth is, is that there are so many other alternatives and I'm giving them all to you. So I'm just going to outline it crystal clear so that you don't have to waste any more time in this indulgent emotion, okay? Confusion is not an option. So these, these are the three things that might actually be happening if you're saying that you're confused or feeling confused. Number one, you're pretend confused. And this is the one that I catch hapsters in more than any other version of confused because you guys are smart, ambitious female entrepreneurs, right? Most of you. And um, if you're pretend confused, what I mean by that is you are making lists, you're researching, you're flip-flopping decisions and the, the action that you're taking, you're chanting, I don't know a lot, <laughs> because what you do have to do, even though you already kind of know what it is that you have to do, is hard or uncomfortable, and you just don't want to do it. Maybe you have a story about what is going to happen if you do it, or actually, it's going to be a struggle, and you're gonna have to, not only are you gonna have to be uncomfortable, but you're actually gonna have to, you know, make that decision and take action that takes more effort than to just kind of sit and be confused a little bit. And it might require you to take some risk um, and risk humiliation, all of, all of those emotions. And if we're unwilling to feel those emotions, it's way more likely that we're gonna be willing to feel confused, which feels, pretty neutral of an emotion, I would say, in my body. And I would check in with yourself and say, like, does confused feel negative? It probably doesn't even feel negative for you. So I want you to just check in and kind of see um, what that feels for you. I just want you to recognize when you're being pretend confused. Do I know the answer or do I really not know? So check in with yourself first when you're, when you're feeling confused. Is it that I don't know the answer or do I know and is taking the action just going to be hard and uncomfortable in some way? Number two is that you are pretend confused but you don't actually know, but the truth is you don't know not because you don't know the answer and there's a right one, but you don't know because there is no right answer to the decision that you're making, right? There is no right solution. So in order to find it out, you have to take action. You have to make a decision. You have to risk being wrong or potentially failing in order to find out that answer. And that is something that a lot of us are really not super comfortable doing. It's so much easier to feel the emotion confused, right? So I really want you to, to ask yourself if you're feeling confused and you're like, indulging in all these telltale actions. Do I know the answer and do I just not want to do it? Or do I not know, but is there really an answer? And is it possible that the answer is just on the other side of making a decision and taking action, experimenting, right? Being willing to collect failures and learn 
what doesn't work so that you can figure out what does work, right? And number three is you don't know, right? Um, I have these behind me, right? And I was going to say, pretend confused and you know, pretend confused and no right answer or the final one, which is you don't know. Um, you don't know, and I've told your brain you don't know so often and so many times that you're convinced that that's just as good as the solution. That it's an answer, right? I don't know is an answer for your brain, and it's accepted it as an answer, so it just kind of shuts down and it doesn't take any action. It thinks answers are equivalent to short-term solutions. They're not. Confusion is not a solution, you guys. It will keep you stuck. It will keep you from taking action. And even if you do take action, it will keep you from creating results. It will keep you just taking busy, researchy, list-making action, right? And not the action that you actually need to take to move your business forward. And the best news of all is confusion is 100% optional. I was really confused when I like learned this, that confusion was optional because I think about the situations in which I'm often confused. And one of them was like directions, right? I have a story that I'm not good with getting places from place A to place B. I'm not very, I'm directionally challenged, right? And so oftentimes I'm just kind of somewhere and I'm like confused about where I'm at. And when I heard confusion was optional, my brain wants to be like, no, it's not. When I'm confused, I just really don't know where I am. Okay, well, if we apply everything that I just taught you about confusion, couldn't we just take that and say, well, if I don't know where I am, what are a couple of ways that I could figure out what I am? Should I just indulge and sit here in confusion? Or should I try going right? Or should I try going left? Should I try asking someone? Should I try... You know, my GPS on my phone has started to malfunction, so that that's not an option. So this happens to me a lot, and I have just decided that I'm never going to be confused, not even for a minute. Even if I don't know where I am, I'm just going to go, you know what, I'm not sure what I am, so let's try this way, or I'm going to call this person, and I don't set up camp in confusion. That's the difference. You're allowed to not know sometimes, but just notice what that thought is driving you to do. I don't know, and this is what I'm going to do to find out, right? Don't just end it there and let your brain accept that as an answer and train it to stop there, right? Okay, so here are some alternatives, as I mentioned, to confusion. If you're feeling confused a lot and you're like, ugh, but like, I, I know, okay, I don't wanna feel confused, but what can I feel instead? Well, instead of feeling, you could do these five things. Number one, Take immediate action. So kind of, I gave you that example of me being lost, but you can do this with any decision that you're making in your business. Take immediate action. You can remove some options. So a lot of time people are saying, I'm just really confused. Which one should I, which one should I go with? Should I go with, so Joanna, for example, she just um, put up a post saying that like I, she was looking for a coach and she probably got bombarded with like a million different options of who she could work with. And she could have sat there and indulged in confusion and been like, I don't know, which is the right choice for me? Do I go with this person for this amount for this month? This person for this amount? This person is recommended by this person and this person. And she could have 
looked at all the options. She could have gone through all of the comments that were on that post and tried them all out. But what I want to offer to you is removing options and reducing them down to preferably two options and then making a decision is one of the best things that you can do for moving your business forward. The more options we have, we think we're doing something productive and being, you know, doing what's best. But overall, it really is a is a tactic for your brain to stay in in action or passive action for as long as possible and we can get really comfortable there so we don't want that to happen so good on you joanna for making a decision and not looking back um third is to set a deadline so if you're trying to make a decision in your business and you're feeling really confused you're not sure I, again it can get really easy to get stuck there so what i want you to do instead is to um set a deadline for yourself on making the decision and just go for it for me i don't really like to take longer than a weekend to make a decision because usually what happens is like what are you really going to do during that time you're really just in maybe land. are you really going to do that much more researching you're going to go back and forth between the options do a pros and cons list no you kind of already probably know which one you want to go for in most decisions so you can make a decision and then just have your own back that that's the decision that you're going to back up and yeah so that was the fourth solution which is to make a decision and not look back and then fifth, which is to collect failures and get really good at being wrong. This, when I tell my clients that we're gonna do this, that we're gonna set up five failures for them to collect per month in their business, and we're going to um, get really good at being wrong. You're gonna get good at being wrong about your story about yourself, about your story about money, about your story about what you're capable of and what's hard and all these things. They're usually kind of like, uh, it doesn't feel good for your brain to be wrong. And most of us have been spending our whole life trying to avoid failure. We want to win. We want to succeed. But the truth is collecting failure is one of the best things that you can do in order to get really a lot closer to your success. Your capacity for success must include your capacity for failure. Sorry, I'm still a little sick, you guys. So that is it on confusion. Let's talk about worry. So worry, as I refer to it, is like negative goal setting. So sounds kind of weird, right? If I'm worrying, I obviously don't want the results. So why would it be setting a goal to get it? But the truth is, is that the way the model works and the way that our brain works is our brain is like a machine and it wants efficiency and more than anything, it wants to be right. So when we are actively thinking thoughts, like, I'm worried, I, I think I said this on a call the other day, if I'm worried that my son is going to break something because he's throwing something and I'm like, he's going to, he's going to break that. He's going to break that. He's going to break that. How do I show up when I'm worried about that? I don't show up in my best way. And ultimately what I, what my brain wants, not what I want, right? You are separate from your brain, but what my brain wants is for him to break it so that my frantic worrying and my maybe reprimanding him in advance and telling him to be careful and hovering is justified so that I can feel like I was right to worry. I was right to hover, to freak out, to do all those things, right? And I just want to offer you guys that worrying when we are trying to um, create results in our business is like negative goal setting for your business. 
it feels necessary and productive, but usually it just ends up creating the exact result that we don't want. So what happens when you worry about coming across as salesy or bothersome? This is a model that I've done with you guys time and time again, right? So let's say you're doing your power hour. Joanna, we haven't gotten to that yet, but power hour is you're sitting down, you're um, bringing in new business, you're talking to people on Instagram, you're DMing people, whatever it is. And so that's the circumstances, you're doing a power hour. And your thought is, the circumstances power hour because we're not yet doing it, we're just thinking about doing it, right? Your thought is, I don't wanna come across as salesy or as annoying or bothersome, right? DMing people, whatever, like, I don't wanna come across that way. And your feeling is worried. Your actions are either A, not to do the power hour, so not to drive your business forward, not to make, uh, offers at all, which is not going to create much results. So it would create nothing or it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and your actions are to come across as apologetic in advance. I don't mean to bother you, but it's no big deal if I just wanted to check in, right? All of your language becomes really apologetic. And so I um, want you to notice that actually when you're focusing on worrying, you are thinking about what they're thinking about you in this situation. So you're thinking about yourself. You're not focusing on the value. You're not focusing on them. And ultimately the result you create is you do come across as salesy and bothersome because you are not showing up in the way in which you're focused on them and providing them value. You're too busy worrying about yourself. Okay, so it is a self-fulfilling prophecy and the way that it shows up is kind of really obvious to me that like worry is not a good idea. It's very indulgent. However, it's human nature, right? We all do it. So some people attach worry to morality, which I wanted to mention because I think it's a big reason that a lot of you guys are still not letting go of this like worry as a productive action. So it's, some people will tell me like, it's my responsibility to be worried or concerned about this, especially with things that are going on with COVID or politics, right? Or I'm a mom or I'm the boss. It's my job to worry. Have you ever heard anyone say that? That is very toxic. No wonder we're so practiced in worrying and so loyal to this worry because we've attached it to our identity in some cases, right? So I want you to um, look at what you're making it mean if you are not worrying. You're like, if I don't worry, does that make me irresponsible? Does that make me selfish? Does that make me foolish or naive or dumb or reckless or heartless? Right? Notice what kind of story you have about it because I know some of you guys and a lot of you have understandings that your story about money plays a huge role in how you show up in terms of trying to make more of it or hold on to it or any of that. And it's really important to find out what your money story is. I would say it's the same thing when it comes to these indulgent emotions. Whatever emotions you feel like you're indulging in the most, figure out why your brain, what your story is for in your argument or continuing to indulge in this emotion. Then do some models and see how you actually show up when you're worrying. Because the truth is, is that like, I can tell you all day that worry is not productive, but sometimes we just gotta see it to believe it. So 
when I say do models, again, you're new, but it would look like plugging in and literally doing what I just said, where you have the circumstance, your thought about it, your feeling that it, your thought has created, the action you take when you're feeling that, and the result it created. So then notice what, how you show up and also what you create when you're feeling it. Hint is, it's not going to be very great when you're worried. So I wanted to offer you some alternative feelings. And for me, this was really fun to come up with this list because I think a lot of you are attached more to worry than any other indulgent emotion. So here is my list of alternative story. If you're not going to be worried about COVID, what else could you feel? Could you feel solution oriented? Could you feel helpful? Could you feel curious? Could you feel chill? Could you feel calm, open-minded, poised, relaxed even? Could you feel optimistic, responsible, determined, and trusting? A lot of times we're worrying about things. A lot of times we're worrying about things that are outside of our control. So one final tip is to make sure, what am I worried about? Am I worried about myself? Am I in my business? As Byron Katie likes to say, thinking about my thoughts, feelings, actions, and results, those things that I can control. Or am I in somebody else's business? Am I worried about the client? Am I worried about my employee? Am I worried about you know, my sister or my mom or whoever it is. And finally, or am I worrying about God's business or the universe's business? Am I worried about something that is completely, completely outside of my control? Like if it's going to rain on my wedding day, or am I worried about if COVID 2.0 is going to come back? Again, this is not going to create anything for us, it is not gonna help us show up in the way that we wanna show up to be the best version of ourselves as business owners and as people. So I really hope this was helpful and kind of distinguished what is the difference between an emotion, a negative emotion that we should allow and really process through and an emotion that's indulgent, that really just keeps us from taking action or puts us into busy action with very little results and just keep, makes us stuck and prevents us from moving forward. All right, you guys, have a super day.